2: Coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Caligero and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, blah, 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 blah. I'm glad to be with you and we're glad you're with us today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood pizzeria, and Italian restaurant located on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out his website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Or give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Special shout out uh, to uh, uh, all of our uh, listeners on WGIG in New Brunswick. And uh, if you haven't been to Sal's, swing by Sal's. Trust me, you'll love it. And speaking of swinging by Sal's, how about joining us next weekend, uh, August 25th and 26th, uh, for our next Billy C. Boxing event on beautiful St. Simons Island at the Sea Palms Resort and Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria. Uh, We're going to be spreading ourselves uh, between the two. Come on down, join uh, Sal and myself, along with former world champions Marlon Starling, Bobby Chez, and Mike. Hercules Weaver uh, In addition to uh, uh, that We're going to actually see Sal Rocky Senecola work out with renowned trainer Out of Tampa, Florida, Sherman Henson And uh, Sal's been working out Getting ready for the workout So uh, he's serious about that So uh, make sure you show up In addition to that uh, We will have a meet and greet where you guys can Hang out and chat with uh, Marlon and Bobby and uh, Michael Weaver uh, as well As a golf outing Uh, We're going to have some uh, food. We're going to have meals over at the Sal's place. We're going to be showing the fight over there. And we're going to the fight, meaning McGregor Mayweather, of course. And we will also be giving you a sneak peek at our uh, Billy C's Boxing Revisited series, which will begin airing on the networks in the fall. So uh, you guys will be the first ones to see it. Uh, So uh, come on down, join us for a weekend of fun. Uh, Just visit CPOMS.com. Give them a call. Mention the Billy C. Boxing event for all the special packages that they have available. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by, you guessed it, my book. Tom Molino from Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet is available right now where all good books are sold and you can literally get a copy of it right now. While you're watching or listening to this show by visiting uh, Barnes & Noble or Amazon.com. Now, if you're looking to get a signed copy, don't worry about it. Just visit our website, BillyCBoxing.com, and click on the book. You can't miss it. What? Uh, maybe if you run into me in uh, at an event, especially at, at our next Billy C. Boxing event down in St. Simons, I'll have some copies. I'll be glad to give you a copy and sign it. So uh, make sure you uh, show up for all of that. Well, uh, coming up a little bit later on the show, uh, we have Boxing Hall of Famer Larry Hazard scheduled to join us. We'll get his thoughts on... Uh, on uh, the upcoming fight and next week's fight because uh, programming note we are doing a live show uh, obviously today tomorrow and Friday then we're off we're off until uh, Wednesday the first I believe uh, or is that uh, August 31st uh, it's that Wednesday after the Mayweather fight uh, I will be Uh, Down in St. Simon's early So uh, if you guys want to come on down early Join Sal and myself at Sal's restaurant Uh, So a programming note there Um, Also This week's blast from the past Alex Papali will be joining us Uh, As per request We got a uh, a request For former world champion And boxing hall of framer uh, Fritzy Zivic, So we'll be talking about him a little bit later on the show Um, In some quick Boxing news uh, Mexican Southpaw Luis Neri remained undefeated when he uh, captured the WBC World Bantamweight title uh, when he beat a formerly unbeaten uh, Shinuki Yamanaka uh, on Tuesday night in Tokyo, Japan. Uh, I'm sorry, in uh, Kokyo, uh, Kawaito, Kawato. It was in Japan uh, on uh, Tuesday night. Two minutes and 29 seconds of the fourth round. Uh, Yamanaka's corner threw in the towel uh, to save their fighter. Um, what a great fight uh, this was. If you missed it, you can catch it online. Um, Yamanaka drops to 27-1 uh, and 1 with a couple of draws. And uh, Luis Neri improves to 24-0. And oh. And that's what happened on Tuesday. I got some other stuff to talk about. But today's topic, you know, it all kind of got me thinking when I saw a, a, a press clipping of uh, Robert Garcia, now Robert Garcia, former world champion, he's the trainer and brother of Mikey Garcia, and he was making a statement saying that Mikey would beat Floyd Mayweather right now, and I started thinking about it, and, and he also was saying, uh, you know, uh, Floyd won't fight him, it's too much of a risk, blah, 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 blah and I started thinking about it and you know I said to myself you know the style that Mikey Garcia has and the fact that he comes at you and continues to throw punches I I started thinking I'm saying you know that would have been a good fight to see Mikey at least at least Mikey Garcia now versus Floyd now and then it got me thinking even further and I started saying you know I know a lot of you know that I've been critical of Floyd Mayweather and stuff. I'm not a big fan of Floyd, especially outside the ring. And inside the ring, his fights to me are, are pretty boring. So I kind of wanted to take a look at his record and dissect it. And I did. And I've come to the conclusion that, at least for the last decade, Floyd Mayweather has been nothing less than a smokescreen. I mean... I'm all right, I'm going to get into it and tell you why. But joining me right now from Saint Simon's Island is the man, the myth, the legend himself—my uh, main man, Sal Rocky Senecola. What's up, Sal? Buddy, uh, hello, Sal.
3: <laughs> hello, Billy. How are you
2: doing? Not too bad. What? So what? What? What's your thoughts on
3: uh, on that uh, right off the bat? Right off the bat, I'm telling you, you're looking to do a grand slam. But uh, I'll tell you, I give Floyd Mayweather a little more credit than just that. And I'll tell you why. The guy has a 49-0 and record. It's not all about the record, but it's who he fought. And in those 49 wins, he's had some opposition. And he has the ability. Floyd Floyd's a very rare fighter. He has that kinesthetic sense, which means he knows where his where his whole body and his movements and his radar is is, is at all times, and he's got that ability to assess and dissect and and work up his own style that's going to be tailor made to beat his opposition. And by doing that, baiting a person, having him come in just to counter punch him, to move move him around the ring where he wants to, he's a chess master in the ring now if his opponents have not been uh more than stellar you know hey he's still fighting and he's still fighting formidable opponents that are in the rankings that are up there somehow and i give floyd mayweather more credit than just that statement that he's been just padded or whatever the heck i i i give him credit he's a skillful tactician and fighter uh I, I'm not necessarily a, a fan of his personal life or, or what he's doing, and I really think his whole reason of coming out and fighting is because he does owe the IRS. And I think some of his camp said, hey, buddy, you're going to be winding up in jail and repossessing all your toys unless you fight and make something stellar happen. So Floyd, if that is even a partial reason of why he's doing this whole extravaganza that I call uh, boxing fake. It's not, it's not really a fight. It's a fraud. You know, at least he is doing so with having the ability to gain the attention of his fan base and the public's eye and the whole mystique of what the world of MMA and boxing could be all about. They clash in the middle of the ring. And he's brought it to a worldwide attention. So this guy is, is like a Ringling Brother and Barnum Bailey promoter for himself. And I I got to give him all the credit in the world because he's got that kind of base, he's got that kind of salesmanship, and he's building that whole mystique of 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 people paying to see what this whole thing is going to be about. But I give Floyd a little more credit than just uh, saying, you know, his last ten years have been pad and everything else. Well, he's a me, skillful fighter, I, and I, I do I, respect that.
2: I've never said he wasn't a skillful fighter. No, but, no, no. But but know, let's look at I the let's
3: know. look at the the the
2: the, the nuts the and bolts. All right, because. Yeah. You know, Floyd Mayweather um, has uh, you know, and and by the way, I, I, just for the record, I, I don't believe that his team really cares about Floyd. The, the the sad part about it is they nobody's really looking out for Floyd. They're all sucking him dry. I mean, and and that's well, the that's truth. True. All right, but but I let, when you take a look at Floyd Mayweather's record, and you know, he started his career just like many other. Uh, you know fighters that have become uh, you know well known or or world champions or whatever prominent fighters. It started at just like everyone else, so I'm not going to criticize him uh, for uh, some of his carefully selected fights. Although he did uh, fight uh, some some decent guys early on, but when you look at um, you know his first 17 professional fights, the only two fights that I really give him credit for out of those first 17, and again. I shouldn't say only give him credit. I'm going to say give him more credit than than just the run-of-the-mill opponents were the last two fights that led up to his first world title fight uh, against Gustavo Coelho and Tony Pep. Uh, both, uh, he won via a unanimous 10-round decision. And both of these fighters, and, and in 1998, he fought Coelho, Gustavo Coelho, um, who uh, uh, had a record of 20-7. and 7. And he beat him in California. This is when he used to fight in other places. Beat him in California, uh, and then uh, uh, Tony Pep, which I I believe uh, this was a fight that Larry Hazard said that uh, this kid is going to be something special after this performance against uh, Tony Pep, who had a thirty-nine and six record, and they fought at the Taj Mahal in Atlantic City, New Jersey, and he won uh, a ten-round decision. Uh, this is when he would fight frequently. He fought uh, April of 98 against uh, Coelho and then uh, again in June of the same year against Tony Pep. It set up his uh, first world title fight against Gennaro Hernandez. And by the way, this was for the uh, junior lightweight belt. So we're talking about a Floyd Mayweather that was extremely talented uh, back in in that time. And, And he beat uh, Gennaro convincingly, uh, making uh, Gennaro unable to continue after the eighth round. Uh, so, so you look at that and and you say, okay, you know, this guy was uh, uh, was a legit uh, fighter, no question. And and I would never uh, even uh, suggest uh, anything uh, anything you know to the contrary. Uh, but then when you start looking at his rise, uh, his next fight in 1998 was against Angel Manfredi again. A fight against an established fighter. Manfredi at the time had a record of 25-2-1. Guess what? You guys got to hold that thought because I have to take a break because the networks are very, very strict about that. So hold that thought. I'll be back. Uh, I'm going to say about two minutes. Billy will be right back.
0: Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache.
3: Oh, that hurts. (laughs) Why are you
0: doing that to
1: my face? I hate you. I
0: hate you.
2: (laughs) That's billycboxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at billycboxing.com. And... Where... You're watching and listening to The Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us. Don't forget to join us uh, next weekend for the uh, McConnor, McGregor, and Floyd Mayweather fight down on St. Simons Island. Join me, Sal, Rocky Senecola, Marlon Starling, Mike Weaver, Bobby Ches, Sherman Henson. We're going to have a great time. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, Visit uh, CPOMS.com and uh, make your uh, reservations today. Tell them you want the uh, Billy C Boxing Special uh, or you could just visit our website and click on the banner. I'm here with uh, Sal rocky Senecola, and before we went to break, Sal, we were talking about uh, Floyd Mayweather's career. I'm giving you a rundown. Uh, you had said that, uh, uh, well, basically you kind of disagreed with me a little bit, but uh, after he won his just title. a little bit. I know. After he won his title against Hernandez, uh, two months later, continuing. Now, 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 just keep in mind, this was an exciting Floyd Mayweather. This was an inversion of Floyd Mayweather that was exciting to watch and he beat Angel Manfredi stopping him yes stopping him in uh, two uh, rounds now people could make an excuse that Angel Manfredi was uh, starting to uh, get involved with let's just say extracurricular activities but nonetheless he was a substantial foe and Floyd Mayweather made quick work of him <coughs> excuse me uh, then he He again fights a couple months later against Carlos Alberto Ramon Ramirez and wins a 12-round decision against him. Uh, He also followed that up a couple of months later against Justin Juco. Uh, It was criticized a little bit for that fight, but nonetheless, uh, Juco Juco was uh, 33 wins, two losses, and a draw in this fight. And again, it was a title defense. And again, Floyd May with a one-by knockout. Um, He would uh, fight... Uh, again 4 months later against carlos jenera now remember he was under the the uh, banner of top rank and this is when he started feeling that you know, maybe he was being abused, but when you look at his career, I mean, if he would have continued in this manner, I think there'd be no question about Floyd's ability. He had a couple of wins against Carlos Gerrera, uh, Gregorio Vargas, Emmanuel Augustus, which Floyd had said many times it was one of his most difficult fights because of the uh, unorthodox style uh, of Augustus. He fought Diego Corrales, which was a good fight that Floyd ended up winning by knockout, fought Carlos Hernandez, uh in uh uh, may of 2001 and uh then jesus chavez in november um you know stopping uh chavez who had only been uh once beaten going into that fight when you look at his next choice um of uh uh, of an opponent this was a fight where many people thought that floyd lost it was his first fight against jose luis castillo took place on uh uh april 20th in 2002 in las vegas it was for the world lightweight title and uh floyd won a unanimous 12 round decision many people thought he lost this fight including myself uh but yet he got the nod it set up a rematch one of floyd's only uh he had two uh, rematches with uh, fighters throughout his career and this was the first one and uh, a couple of months later at the end of 2002 uh, they set up the rematch at the Mandalay Bay in Vegas. Uh, This time, Jose Luis Castillo. uh, He beat uh, Castillo uh, uh, pretty convincingly, in my opinion, uh, which set up uh, his uh, uh, continued uh, in the World Lightweight Division Victorino Socia, Philip Nadeau, which was uh, a fight that, uh, again, these guys had good records, but whatever. DeMarcus Chop-Chop Corley was was an impressive win. DeMarcus, at that time, was a uh, a good fighter at 28 and 2 and then the fight that he had which I thought started changing everything in on actually on my birthday January 22nd in 2005 he fought Henry Brussels who had a record of 21 wins two losses and a draw and this fight in my opinion was kind of a joke because Brussels had been coddled and and his record if you take a look at the 21 wins were against non uh, entities of fighters and and uh, Floyd uh, uh, beat him by a knockout. Uh, which after that he fought Otoro Gotti. Otoro Gotti had to move up in weight. He dominated Otoro uh, Gotti. Sean B. Mitchell followed that, and uh, Sean Bean Mitchell was already done uh, as a fighter. And you start to see this trend. You know uh, when he fought Zab Judah. Zab Judah was a good opponent. Good name gave him some trouble, uh, but uh, but Floyd won that, uh, and then. This is where it all changed, in my opinion. Now, granted, those fights that I just said, uh, Sean Bay Mitchell, Arturo Gatti, Henry Brussels, those three fights were, um, you know, the, um, they, they were fights that were carefully selected. Let's just say that. Uh, and then when he fought Zab Judah, it was uh, more of a difficult fight. But the fight that took place on November 4th in 2006 against Carlos Baldomir was when Floyd really, in my opinion started cherry-picking his opponents he chose carlos baldemir to fight for the uh, wbc and the uh, ibo's world welterweight titles there was also the uh, iba title on the line and this was when everybody wanted to see floyd fight the guy who was controlling the welterweight division at the time and that was antonio margarito now, you could say what you want about Antonio Margarito, what we found out later in his career, uh, specifically the concrete in his gloves against uh, Sugar Shane Mosley, but at this time, nobody knew it, and this was the fight. This was the fight that everybody wanted to see. And instead, Floyd Mayweather chose a guy who really won the title by mistake and was extreme, and and let's be real. Antonio Margarito was a stationary target too. It's just that he possessed a lot of pop and power, and was destroying people. Uh, but instead, Floyd chose Carlos Baldemir. He won a decision, won the welterweight title. Then he fights Oscar De La Hoya when Oscar De La Hoya was already uh, kind of washed up. And I got news for you. He won a split decision. I thought Oscar won. This was the famous fight, Sal. That Oscar's I corner don't... told him, "Hey." Don't fight anymore. You won this fight. Take the last two rounds off and he ended up losing a very close split decision. Never gave Oscar a rematch and uh you know that fight was was uh, also uh, when you started to see Floyd pick his opponents the timing aspect. And this is where I really start to say, well, you know, Floyd from 2006 against the Carlos Baldomir fight was when Floyd started becoming the cherry picker that he is today. He fought Ricky Hatton, which was a very small opponent. He stopped Hatton uh, you know, and won that fight. He fought Juan Manuel Marquez uh, in, uh, again, making Marquez move up a couple of weight classes. He fought Sugar Shane Mosley in 2010, uh, a fight I love Sugar Shane Mosley, talented fighter, no doubt, great resume But the fight against Sugar Shane should have taken place several years earlier, not then when Sugar Shane was was, uh, already uh, showing signs. The Victor Ortiz fight, which took place in 2011, come on, that was a sucker punch. Uh, You could give uh, Floyd credit for a knockout or whatever, but that was a sucker punch uh, to be his last knockout win. The Miguel uh, Cotto fight, uh, he ran, ran, ran in that fight and won a 12-round decision. Robert DeGos Guerrero, in that fight in 2013, the Ghost had to move up. I personally thought the Ghost deserved that fight, but uh, we saw how limited uh, he was and how uh, uh, Floyd was able to move. He did beat Saul Canelo Alvarez in 2013. We got to give him credit for that. We saw that. Yeah, we got to give him credit for that, Sal. But in 2013, Saul Canelo Alvarez uh, was still a pup, so to speak, even though he had a 42-0 record. Uh, This was a guy that Floyd said, hey, I better fight him now. And he did. And this is where he uh, moved up and won the uh, junior. He he won the junior middleweight division uh, uh, title. Then he fought Marcos Medana. The first fight, majority decision win. A lot of people thought Medina won that fight. Um, You know, I mean, it was pretty close. Another gift decision for Floyd. He gave him the rematch and and dominated like he did. And then uh, he finally fights Manny Pacquiao in 2015. Uh, Turns out to be five years too late and an extremely anticlimactic fight. We saw that one, Sal. And then finally, uh, his last pro fight uh, before going into this joke, Andre Berto. A joke fight. He picks Andre Berto, wins a 12-round decision, can't even stop Berto, tried. And uh, that brings us to a 49-0 record, which he's been successfully bragging about. But Sal... The 49-0 record was only substantial in the heavyweight division. It, it, it had nothing to do with any other division. It was uh, symbolic because in the heavyweight division, nobody had reached 49-0, and Floyd was able to market that and make a lot of young fans believe that he's the guy. I think that for the last decade, Floyd Mayweather certainly hasn't been fighting the best of the best. He's been fighting name guys at the right time, uh,
3: what does this all mean to you? Well, you make some key points that I cannot argue or disagree with, and I will not. I mean, the bottom line is, yes, the 49-0 record is really just significant for the heavyweight division. That's how. That's the mountain. That's, there is no other heavyweight champion that has achieved a record of 49 wins without a defeat, and that's the whole thing. When you look at the heavyweight division, and how it's moved along. And, you know, the heavyweight division used to be the grandest, the most coveted world title in the history of sports. And that's where it was so magnificent and important was the fact that Rocky Marciano uh, retired from boxing and never came back with a record, a perfect record of 49 wins, zero defeats, and having 43 of those wins come by knockout. And not just questionable knockouts, big knockouts. And the bottom line is Floyd is a marketing genius, and he has parlayed his success on that of Rocky Marcianos. And like I said, whether you love him or hate him, he's a marketing genius. The guy's done what he's got to do, even though in his division and other divisions there have been many, many fighters that have attained 49-win status and still had titles or were getting titles or were still climbing to get a title. And they didn't have their first defeat until their 60th, 70th, or 80th uh, fight. So Floyd is just marketing himself. He's a good fighter. He's a very good fighter. He's a very defensive fighter. He's a very smart fighter, very cerebral fighter. The guy knows exactly what he wants, what he's doing. And that's where I give him credit because he's pulling the wool over a lot of people's eyes. But still, I give him credit. And uh, and that's that's the whole thing. It's a debatable issue. And we'll be talking about this next year. We'll be talking about it when we do a blast from the past, when Floyd Mayweather's name comes up again. And the bottom line is this guy has beaten 49 opponents, whether they were all at their peak or not. We know they weren't. But the bottom line is he's 49 wins, zero defeats, with one KO. No, I'm teasing. I don't know the KOs. And uh, <laughs> and I got to give him credit for that.
2: Well, you know, a couple of names, Paul Williams, Vernon Forrest, Fernando Vargas, all names, that he could have fought, um, that he avoided uh, at that time. Uh, you know, he took the lesser opponents, and you know, great fighters in the past have always uh, went and selected the other names that are parallel uh, at the upper echelon. When he's chosen uh, not so great names, uh, or or making guys move up. Uh, nonetheless, he's a former Sixth division world champion. He was a uh, world uh, junior lightweight, lightweight, junior welterweight, welterweight, and junior middleweight world champion. Like you said, Sal, he's 49-0 and 0 with, by the way, 26 knockouts. Um, and I personally think Respectful. that this fight against Conor McGregor it may help him financially, but it's going to hurt him uh, in the large scope of things because there's more pressure on Floyd Mayweather to do well against Conor McGregor uh, than there is for Conor McGregor to do well against Floyd. If Floyd, if this fight goes the distance, which incidentally it's a 12-round fight, I, which I don't understand. There's no title on the line, uh, yeah. you know. And and the funny thing is when you look at the computer rankings, they give it no stars. No, no, uh, the computer doesn't recognize this at all. And the main reason is because Conor McGregor's n- never, you know, boxed. He's, He's a non-entity you know, in the boxing but, world. But there's pressure on Floyd. Uh, Floyd does have to look good against Conor McGregor um, and if Conor McGregor goes the distance I I think that's gonna hurt Floyd a bit but uh, nonetheless I me personally I think Floyd Mayweather uh, has uh, been his career as a smokescreen for at least the last decade early on exciting fighter fought often uh, showed us a, a lot of skill a lot of Uh, You know, willing to exchange, but those days are long gone, more than 10 years away. What's your thoughts? Drop me an email Billy at Talking Boxing T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G Sal, we're going to kick you to the curb for a little bit but don't go nowhere because we're going to get you back a little bit later. Coming up uh, in a minute or two, uh, we are scheduled to have uh, my man uh, uh, Larry Hazard join us so uh, don't go nowhere, we'll be back in two Billy C will be right back Hey, fight fans, check out KOFantasyBoxing.com. KO fantasy Boxing is boxing's only trademarked fantasy game. Check it out, www.KOFantasyBoxing.com. Select your own gym, your own fighters, track them through a season that can last from three months to a year, depending upon which league you join. you got to check this out, man, www.KOFantasyBoxing.com. Join it today. Again, www.KOFantasyBoxing.com. And tell him Billy C sent ya.
0: Broadcasting in all corners of the globe on the web and radio. He would scoff at a stretcher that made no (laughs)
1: protection.
2: You're listening to Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. From C. upstate New York in the good old U.S. of A.
0: Boxing is here to stay because we are here to stay. The best two hours of boxing talk on the airwaves. The one, the only, Don King. Makes me feel good, Billy, to have you, the number one show in the country, talking Boxing with Billy. So I invite each and every American that's listening to this great show to tune in. Because we want you to be there with Billy and me. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now, or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache.
3: Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I
1: hate you.
0: I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com.
2: Consider this your warning.
0: Now back to Billy C. interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com.
2: And we're back. You're watching and listening to The Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And don't forget, join us next weekend uh, down on uh, beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. We're doing a Billy C. Boxing event, and uh, it's going to be at the Sea Palms uh, Resort. Check it out. Uh, You can visit our website, billycboxing.com, or just go to seapalms.com. Give a call and uh, tell them you want... uh, uh, the Billy C. Uh, boxing Packages. Join uh, myself, Sal rocky Cola, Marlon Starling, Bobby Chez, uh, Mike Weaver, to name a few. They'll be with us. Uh, Sal will be doing a workout. Come on by and have some fun. Speaking of having fun, joining me right now is my man, uh, Larry Hazard. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Bill. You know... I'm. I, we're not going to be doing. Uh, we're not going to uh, be seeing you uh, on the show for next week because we're going to be down doing our event. But uh, I, I started. I'm going to get your thoughts on that fight in a second. Even though I know you're. You're. It's like uh, fingernails down a chalkboard. But uh, you know, I was just doing a. I was just doing a little segment about Floyd Mayweather, and you know, I'm criticized a lot about my feelings towards Floyd and I give him a lot of credit. I just don't like the man outside the ring, which I shouldn't judge or whatever. But, um, you know, when I was looking at his record, my, my argument here, Larry, is that for the last decade or so, he's really carefully. Let's just choose the words, right? He carefully selected his opposition. But in the beginning of his career, This guy was fighting every two months. He was fighting decent opposition. And one fight specifically came to mind when I was researching and doing my my little bit here. And I believe it's a fight that you allured to one day where you said uh, that when you saw him fight this fight, you knew that this was going to be somebody special. And it was the fight uh, that was just before his world title fight against Gennaro Hernandez. And he fought Tony Pep at the Taj Mahal in Atlantic City. Was that the fight that you watched, that you had said one time in the show that you you saw the skill set and knew that Floyd was going to uh, you know accomplish some great things was that was that the one you were referring to?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that was the fight. you know I saw uh, in my opinion, early on, you know I always like I always say i i i had saw I had seen Floyd you know fight coming out of you know, his early part of his career. And what and what I normally do is like when I see a young fighter that has potential I I um I look as I follow his career, I look to see where he improves. I look for improvement. I don't look so much of course if he wins that's great. I mean, you know, but I've never been hung up that much on having an undefeated record. I mean, certainly um, a good fighter, he's not, he's not going to lose a lot of fights. But I expect that even some of the best fighters is go- are going to lose a fight here and there. But what I look for is, from fight to fight, where does he improve? How does he adjust? Where does he come back, even from a loss, and correct the mistakes that he made in previous fights? Um, Floyd was undefeated. But when he came into Atlantic City in that particular fight, I saw a skill set that many, many young fighters don't have. You know, early on, Floyd showed you certain uh, skills and maneuvers, and just mastery of certain basic mechanics. The way he utilized the space in the ring, the way that he, um, uh, you know, just the way that he executed uh, his 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 skills. And I just knew that this kid was special. You know, I I just felt I said, man, this kid really has got some some special. I see I see a lot of that. And that youngster that he's mentoring, that Gervonta Davis, I see some of the same um, uh, elements. And so well, certainly with Davis, we go, we're going to see if, if I'm correct or if, if it, if it pells out. But with Floyd, it did. And, and um, you know, it's just something that I think maybe I have a photogenic eye for that. But, I mean, if you focus on, on those elements, I think you might see the same thing. And that's what I saw in Floyd uh early on and and um he proved he proved to uh he proved me right in that respect now I know uh you you certain things about him you don't like billy and 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 it's well warranted and i mean I can respect it he doesn't like to engage okay that's the one aspect of floyd mayweather that that has um somewhat turned me off in his whole resume of uh, skills and performances. He doesn't really like to engage. And that's mainly because it's embedded in his mind that the name of the game is to hit and not get hit. And so he he has been able uh, to get by with it. Uh, and uh, certainly he has demonstrated that he's the best fighter of his era. But that that was the fight, and, um, you know, um, if I could have predicted then that he would probably go on and be the best fighter of his era, you know, it would have been really an accomplishment. But I just knew that he was going to be special, and he turned out to be special.
2: Well, well, you know, I, see, this this is where the controversy in my mind lies. And, and everything you said, I mean, and when I was, you know, breaking down his record and, and going fight for fight, and I'm seeing this kid fighting every every couple of months, and he's fighting, you know, the normals, the usual suspects. I mean, you know, you, you're not going to criticize a guy uh, in his first 10, 12, 15 fights for fighting the guys that you're supposed to fight in the first 15. But he was dominating, and he did show that skill set. And, and um, you know, I, I, but he he was engaging back then, and he, and he was getting knockouts back then. And when all of a sudden he realized that, he doesn't want to. And, and you bring up a great point with Javante Davis because Javante Davis, he does engage. And, and if Floyd tutors him to stop that, it's going to be disheartening because I believe that if Floyd Mayweather would have continued fighting in that style, the fight that he fought uh, 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 that we mentioned uh, and then his first uh, title win, you know, I believe that this guy would be regarded as uh, the best, you know, if not uh, at least in the top five. I just think his safety-first approach um, is is what ruined it for him. And you're right. I like fighters that want to engage. But here's where he was successful. He's been able to, in my own words, bamboozle his fan base to accept the fact that he doesn't engage. And if you try to make that argument to someone, well, he doesn't engage, you know, uh sweet science isn't just to avoid being hit. You're supposed to be in position of you know, inflict damage on your opponent. They will argue, well, you know, why should he take the damage? Uh, you know, he's he's this, he's great defensively. And and you know, you have to give the guy credit for bamboozling his fans enough for them to accept his boring fights and I, and I and I I look at a guy like Terence Crawford who's fighting this weekend. Terence Crawford is an extremely talented fighter, Larry. He can box. Yes. He can move. Yes. He goes in for the kill. He waits. It's not like he just rushes in and wants to take your head off. He learns, he figures you out, then he goes in and takes your head off. You know, that's the kind of guy in my mind that'll finish higher in my all-time great list and don't get me wrong I'm not suggesting Terence Crawford has accomplished as much as Floyd has but my point is is that if if he ends up uh, you know winning uh, another 10 fights in his career and he's fighting the best that the, his division has to offer well then when it comes time you know I, I am going to put more value on a fighter that was willing to engage because it just shows how much better they are. Again, we'll go back to your boy. We'll go back to Sugar Ray Leonard. He did. This yeah. was a guy that people used to, it That's makes me laugh when people of that era in the 80s used to say he was a runner. And and how many times did he engage? You know what I mean? I mean, uh, big difference.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I And I think you hit on a, another important point. You know, it's fashionable. The fighters of this era, it's fashionable. Billy, I see it. I see. You know, believe it or not, uh, here in New Jersey, we 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 are, you know, we we do uh, have our share now of of a few uh, decent fight cards, low level, nothing real big yet, but we're staying busy. That's the backbone but of bo- yeah, busy. but
2: that that's the backbone of boxing. You know that.
1: Yes, and, and and what I see, Billy, even with some of these matchmakers, you know you got to wrestle with these guys okay there it's fashionable you know that that this undefeated take no chances uh mentality is really deep seated now in the boxing uh business so to speak it's there um unlike a generation ago where it was different you mentioned Sugar Ray Leonard you and, and and I can go on and on, but Sugar Ray Leonard happens to be pound for pound my favorite. You know anybody who says that Sugar Ray, you know, was a laid back fighter who ran and all that, it's crazy. You know that Sugar Ray Leonard, I never saw a guy with with the killer instinct that he had. That you know his demeanor outside of the ring would matched in no way the the viciousness that this guy had inside of the ring, and he didn't run from anybody, you know. And the fighters of his era, they they were all cut from that cloth because it wasn't that fashionable then, that this undefeated record. And I think what happened somewhere along the way with Floyd, I think that that really caught his, um, got his attention, that he was on his way you know, after he won 30 fights, after he won 25 fights, you know, hey, look, there's a chance that I could um, break Ross, Rocky Marciano's record or equal his record, this whole mentality of undefeated. And then this this whole mindset of undefeated just kind of got overwhelmed. Um, you know, the boxing game, the industry, got overwhelmed with this with this mentality. You know, and I, I get these, even these club fighters coming here with these undefeated records, and they don't want to fight anybody. Hey, you but, know, any guy, a guy could be 5 and 0. Oh, I know. Okay? <laughs> and he doesn't want to fight anybody. I, 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 listen, you know, he it, wants a dead body. The, but
2: you the, know? And, and, and that's the, you see, in all due respect to Floyd, and, and whether Floyd decided that he, he was going to use that as his marketing ploy or what. A lot of that fault, Larry, and you see you're in the trenches, a lot of that fault goes to the management, promoters, and even television networks when it's going to be on TV because they are the ones that say, oh, what?" they don't, first of all, they don't know these, you know, how do you think that they approve HBO or somebody approves a fight against some guy that nobody's ever heard of who comes from, you know, uh, some country the size of a postage stamp, and he's uh, 29 and 0, with twenty-eight knockouts, oh, he's good. You know they don't look yeah. at who they don't yeah. look at any yeah. of the guys that he's fighting, and they say he's good because of the oh. And you know it's sad because no fighter wants to lo- come on, man. No fighter wants to lose. No fighter starts a career and says, you know what? If I can only lose five fights, I'll be okay. No, 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 no. No fighter wants to lose, but when they do lose, you said it when we first when we first got John. You said. That a fighter learns from their loss. And only the great yes. fighters do. Because it's the same thing in, in any sport. You lose a basketball game. You lose a football game. You go back and you say, okay, this guy, this is why we lost. You know, we didn't block this guy the right way, blah, blah, blah. And you go back and you improve. And, and you make damn sure that the next time you play, you miss, you don't miss that block. And, and that's how you improve. That's how we get better and smarter. Floyd had that that whole undefeated mentality, and then he started cherry-picking opponents to make sure he preserved that. And as a result, I think when the smoke clears five or 10 years from now, and we start putting it in perspective, he's not gonna finish as high as people think he is on the all-time great list. Your guy, and and I, I loved him too, Sugar uh, Ray Leonard, you know, when he came out of retirement, what does he do? He seeks out the best guy That was available. A guy that was dominating the division for almost a decade. It's equivalent to Floyd coming out and not fighting Conor McGregor, but going after Triple G. You know, that's what great fighters do. And one last thing before you comment, the 49-0 record, what bothers me the most isn't the fact that they're giving him Conor McGregor to hit 50. It's that the 49-0 record, and correct me if I'm wrong, Larry, if you feel differently but that record and the significance of that record pertain to the heavyweight division because no heavyweight made it that far. Many fighters surpassed forty-nine and zero before losing for their first time. What bothers me is a lot of young fans throw that out the window. They have this perception that no fighter has reached forty-nine and zero except for Rocky
1: Marciano, and that's that's BS. Oh, you uh, you know what? You you really hit on a very important point there. You know that is absolutely correct because you know you know Sugar Ray the other Sugar Ray, he won like eighty some odd fights before he lost his first one I believe, or uh, you know so you you're absolutely right. It it really pertains to the heavyweight division, but you would think that there was you know the way the way they blow that up okay you would think that no other fighter um, has done that and that is and, and that is not the case you know and I think that that's something that really uh, needs to be emphasized more you know as we talk about that but you're absolutely right um, it, it pertains to the heavyweight division not not just to uh, you know all of boxing it because there are many fighters. Several other fighters that um, didn't lose their first fight until well beyond the 40s, you know, 45, 50 fights. Yeah, well, Sugar Ray Robinson,
2: his first loss was to Jake LaMotta. And, and right. and you know, when, when I start talking about him and people tell me, you know, Floyd Mayweather fans tell me, oh, no, he's not as good as Floyd. I said, well... You know, because they say, "Oh, he lost these fights." I'm like, "Well, look at who he fought. He was the great greatest welterweight." Well, there's no footage. Well, when you read a hundred right. different, uh, you know, top notch writers all writing the same thing, yes, there's no footage, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. You know, so a, a lot of young fans today, really, what they're saying is, prior to 1980, when filming became, <laughs> you know, quality, we're gonna what? Just throw out all the other. It's 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 ludicrous. Um, you know what, Larry? We're, we're, we're getting close here to, to running out of time. And, and I want to. I know you don't give predictions, but I think you need to make an exception on this because it's not really um, a, a real fight. I mean, we got to agree that it's not really a real fight, uh, Mayweather against Conor McGregor. They're really trying hard uh you know the the, i really especially i really especially love the we're gonna we're gonna go with the smaller gloves that will never happen that that that, that can't happen i mean you know and if it does you know again the commission i think ends up with egg on the face i know commissions will approve using a bigger glove if both parties agree but i'm not so sure about a smaller one for for that weight class but i don't know but larry What's your thoughts on the fight? When push comes to shove, a week from Saturday, when Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor get into the ring, Floyd's been saying he's going to engage. Conor's predicted a second-round knockout. The the press conferences, I believe, were more entertaining than the fight will ever be. What's your thoughts? How how do you see the fight going, um, and what will be the result?
1: Well, all of the above. All of the above. I, I don't think that this, um, I don't think that this McGregor has much of a chance against Floyd Mayweather. I'm going to tell you something: that all the pressure is on Floyd, in my view. I just said okay. that. I said the same
2: thing earlier. I said all the pressure oh. is on Floyd because even if Conor goes twelve with him,
1: he's going to be criticized, oh. right? Oh my gosh! If Floyd Mayweather doesn't go in there and take this guy out of there within four or five rounds, then, you know, (laughs) what he is seeking to prove is really going to go in the opposite direction, even if he wins in 12 rounds, okay? All of the pressure is on Floyd. Floyd, if he doesn't demolish this guy, if he doesn't stop him, or if he doesn't knock him out, okay, it just may very well um, just you know, flip the other way, and, and Floyd gets discredited for all of the wins that he's had. Because, to me, this, is, this fight, of course, you know how I feel about it. But, and I'll make a prediction, because to me, it's not a real fight, so I don't care on this. There's no way that this McGregor is supposed to be even competitive against Floyd Mayweather or any real fighter. Okay Any real fighter He's strictly in it for the money And I don't blame him Okay Because He's an MMA fighter He can't even He's not even being allowed To use really The MMA skills that he's best at He's not he, he, He's not that Wasn't that great at stand up This is what they call stand up um, Basically in MMA Stand up He's not you know Any ground fighting involved here you know, they brought in uh, Joe Cortez, you know, I guess to uh, kind of acclimate him to the rules or whatever. I don't know what the hell that means because if you're not acclimated to the rules, you shouldn't even be in there, you know. So uh, there's no way that, that uh, Floyd Mayweather should lose this fight. And there's no way that the fight should even uh, be competitive because I think Floyd is going to be discredited even if he allows this guy – to demonstrate any semblance of competition against him, and and then expect to be considered the best fighter ever, okay, with quotations, um, because he his record goes to fifty and O, which in my opinion is going to always have an asterisk next to it if he wins anyway. So let, let me, that's my opinion.
2: Let, let me ask you a quick question about the referee. Do you think now? Now there is a clause that. If uh, Conor McGregor, you know, snaps for a second, loses his mind, forgets he's in a boxing ring and not an octagon, um, and, and he does some kind of a, a, you know, MMA move that he automatically gets DQ'd and he gets no money. Now, with that said, do you think that, and, and, and you know, I mean, uh, I call it like it is, I, I think that the Las Vegas or let me rephrase that, the Nevada State Athletic Commission has really acted in a spineless, gutless manner uh, pertaining to this fight and uh, even allowing it. Uh, but do you think that the referee, whoever it may be, I don't even know who it is, is going yeah, to be quick to DQ Conor McGregor? For example, how many times have we seen a fighter deliver a punch and whether it's kind of on purpose or totally by accident, uh, finish with an elbow, okay? Uh, Floyd Mayweather does it a lot, Um, you know, and that's an illegal punch. Or if uh, he gets hit behind the head or, or something, a low blow, something that is not legal but happens in the sport of boxing, which would normally garner a warning if the ref catches it or whatever. Do you think in this fight that Conor McGregor is going to be chastised for anything that's uh outside of the uh, uh of the of the rules on paper. Do you think he would be is going to be DQ'd quickly or are they going to give him any kind of a benefit of the doubt?
1: No, I don't think I don't think that uh whoever the referee is, I know uh Bayless, he's pretty much eliminated himself uh, my understanding because of some comments that he made in an interview. At least as far as the McGregor people are concerned, if, if that is correct, you know. Um, but I don't think that uh, the referee is going to be that quick to disqualify McGregor, okay, because of the pressure of this type of uh, contest, this fight. I think the referee is going to be extra cautious to give him every opportunity that he, c- that he could before taking any, stringent action against him for any infraction. You know, that's what I expect to see because the referee is not going to, you know, he's, he, he's going to feel that he doesn't want it to appear. It's lopsided enough. And I wouldn't be surprised if there isn't some big debate over whether they're going to use an uh, MMA referee or boxing referee. You know, I'm expecting that debate to come down the pike before the fight takes place, so we'll wait and see. But to answer your question directly, no, I think the referee is going to be very cautious with his uh, point deductions and his warnings and all of the other stuff, while at the same time trying to maintain a semblance of control of the event because of the you know because of the money, because of the publicity, and all of the other you know uh, surrounding factors. I I don't expect that there's going to be any quick disqualifications or anything of that nature. If I was the referee, I know I would be very cautious. Well,
2: I wish you were going to be the referee. I wish you'd come out a retired referee and come and do it. But uh, I I just, you know, I I think I agree with you 100%. Floyd Mayweather has a lot more to lose in this fight. Conor McGregor, if he makes it to the final bell, it's a win uh, for him, whether he wins on paper or not. Um, but uh, but I anticipate a knockout win for Floyd as well, just like you. And I don't think it's going to come from power. I think it's going to be similar to Muhammad Ali knocking out George Foreman. I think uh, Conor McGregor's own fatigue is going to knock himself out. And uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, uh, you know, I, I'd be lying if I said I, I, I'm not hoping for that lucky punch just to serve Floyd right and to make other people realize that, you can't play this game, you know. Um, but uh, we'll see right. what happens.
1: That's why. That's why I keep saying in a fight anything can happen. You cannot play boxing.
2: No, no. And and people say, can can Connor win, Bill? Can Connor win? I said the yeah. only chance he's got is if Floyd trips and falls and knocks himself out on after the first bell. I said after that, don't give him don't give him much of a chance. But I, hey, I've been wrong before, and usually. The way uh, and Las Vegas is going to lose a ton of money if McGregor wins his fight, you know. So uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, Larry, I appreciate your time. Don't forget next week we uh, will not be doing a show because we'll be down in uh, Saint Simons. I know you got something going on, so enjoy that, and uh, we'll see you when we get back. Okay, belly. Okay, buddy. All right, man. Have a good one. Okay. That's uh, Larry Hazard, Boxing Hall of Famer and New Jersey uh, Athletic Commissioner. He uh, doesn't like to give predictions, which he shouldn't. I mean, uh, come on, we don't we don't want anybody to throw it in his face. But he gave one on this one, and you know why? Because it's uh, kind of like a, you know, WWE event. But uh, anyway, hey, listen, we're gonna take a short break. When we come back, uh, we'll have the blast from the past. So uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be back. Uh, I would say uh, I'm going to give a wild prediction. Two
0: minutes. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache.
1: Oh, that hurts. Why
0: are you doing that
1: to my face? I hate you. I hate you.
2: That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning.
0: Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com.
2: And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Uh, glad you could join us. Oh, speaking of joining us, don't forget, man. Next Billy C. Boxing event taking place next weekend on beautiful St. Simon's Island in Georgia at the Sea Palms Resort and at Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant. Join us, uh, myself and Sal Rocky Senacola and, of course, former world champions Marlon Starling, Bobby Chez and Mike Hercules Weaver and renowned trainer out of Tampa, Sherman Henson, who incidentally will be working out our very own Rocky Senecola in front of everyone. So uh, make sure you uh, check that out. We'll have a meet and greet. Uh, We'll have uh, some dining at uh, Sal's. Uh, We're going to have a golf outing. And in addition to the showing the fight, uh, the whole pay-per-view card and the preliminary fights, uh, we will be showing you a uh, sneak peek, first time airing of uh, our new uh, boxing series, Billy C's Boxing Revisited, which will begin airing in the fall. Uh, but we're going to show you one, at least one episode in its entirety. So uh, make your plans now. Visit cpoms.com. Ask for the Billy C Boxing packages, or just visit our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the cpoms uh, banner. Now it's that time again, where uh, we do uh, one of our famous favorite. And longest-going segments are Blast from the Past. And this week's Blast from the Past is being sponsored by KOFantasyBoxing.com. Check it out, www.KOFantasyBoxing.com. And the Title Bout Championship Computer Game. Download yourself a copy right now by visiting our website, BillyCBoxing.com, and clicking on the Title Bout Championship Computer Game banner. This week's Blast from the Past features former world champion and Boxing Hall of Famer, Fritzy Zivic. And joining us right now to tell us all about Fritzy Zivic is my man, Alex Perpalli. What's up, Alex?
0: Good morning, Billy. How are you?
2: I'm doing well, thank you. I'm doing well. How about yourself, my man?
0: Um, I've got actually a, a summer cold, which is no fun at all. i um, pretty stuffed up and I got a cough, but uh, hopefully I'll make it through this segment without too much... Um, Mucus.
2: Well, between okay. your mu- between your mucus and your your lawn service, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get through. And uh, hey, maybe a, a little word of advice, you know, maybe you know, turn the air conditioner up to fifty five instead of your normal at forty
0: seven. You like to keep it at, you know. Yeah, maybe that. I wonder what the problem is. If it's uh, sleep, if it's uh, the mold allergies, or if it's air conditioning. You know, you go in in and out from the hot to the cold. I don't know yeah
2: woke up feeling lousy well hey that's when you get to be my age and you got a few years before you get there I, I, when i wake up i feel good that i woke up <laughs> you know yeah at, at least, least I, I woke up through. i've been, <laughs> I've, been fe- I've been feeling extremely old lately alex but uh, fritzy Zivic, interesting cat i mean uh I might as well say it right now. This guy fought everybody, and he fought oh, a- not 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 only did he fight everybody, he fought him a bunch of times each. You know, so uh, he fought everybody
0: a lot. Tell us about Fritzy Zivic. It, it it's absolutely amazing how much he fought. Um, he he really he just battled every single you know every badass of the era. Uh, he fought. It's it's stunning. Um, Yeah, he was born, uh, Ferdinand Henry John Zivcic, uh, he's Croatian, uh, he was five foot ten inches tall, and he was born in Lawrenceville, Pennsylvania, uh, some sources say that was actually Pittsburgh, uh, Lawrenceville was a, you know, there was massive steel industry, um, he was born May 8th, 1913, and, um, he was one of five brothers and they all boxed two of them actually uh made it all the way to the 1920 olympics they got their start at a local uh, amateur boxing club uh known as the willow club and uh one of the brothers actually was uh lost in the finals in the 1920 olympics in belgium to fidel la barba so that's you know the first of many uh name dropping we're going to be doing in this uh in this uh, segment, like you said, I mean, he fought everybody who was around at the time. Uh, in terms of his style, he was a very—he was kind of rough. Uh, one article I saw, uh, somebody wrote about him when uh, John Ruiz was um, was popular in the heavyweight division, uh, because that was the thing about Fritzy Zivic is that um, you know he had had good skills, but. Um, He was kind of uh, famous for extracurricular uh, activities. Uh, He wasn't really serious about the sport for a while. Um, He turned pro in, uh, I think it was, oh, I just lost the uh, thing. He turned pro in um, 31, and it wasn't really until um, he faced Billy Kahn that uh, he really got uh, some, some new notoriety. And before that, you already, there already was a, uh, Hall of Fame name on his record. And that was Lou Ambers, who was a guy we've done a blast on. I know he's one of your favorites, the Herkimer Hurricane. Uh, he had a loss to him, but when he fought, uh, he fought Billy Khan in 1936. And, um, you know, by that time, uh, he was 48, 16 and four. So, I mean, More than sixty fights—it's unheard of—and he fought Khan to, uh, you know, a split decision. Uh, I thought it was a loss, actually. Boxrec has it as a win. Uh, I thought I saw it as a loss somewhere else. Uh, Maybe Boxrec does that sometimes with uh, newspaper decisions. Um, But uh, evidently, it was just a tremendous fight and he really got on the map. At the time, uh, Khan was 29-6-1, and one, and, you know, was an incredible boxer. Uh, but Zivic was, uh, you know, he was a guy who, um, you know, he claimed he never threw any thumbs. Um, but he'd do everything, just about everything else, elbows, uh, headbutts, uh, you name it.
2: You know, the thing that amazes me, I mean, you know, you mentioned uh, Billy Kahn. Uh, and my man Lou Ambers, uh, Sammy Angot, Henry Armstrong, Al Bummy Davis, Lou Jenkins, Sugar Ray Robinson, Kid McCoy, um, Freddie Cochran, uh, you know, uh, Jake Lamada a bunch of times, Bo Jack a bunch of times. I, I mean, you know, he fought these guys, Harold Green, uh, Kid Azteca, Tommy Bell, Bob Montgomery. I mean, I, there's just so many names. you You can't even... You know you can't fathom it, and 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 you know jumping ahead here to 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 just just to give everybody an idea, this guy in his career fought uh, two hundred and thirty-two professional fights, uh, eighteen hundred and five rounds, and oh by the way he retired at thirty-eight years old. I, I mean it just doesn't. It, it's almost like mathematically it doesn't work. You know I mean you you would think he started fighting at four years old to get that many fights in uh during an era when i mean yeah years and years ago they used to fight uh a lot uh but you know during his era this guy fought a lot alex i mean there's there's no question about it and and when he left uh you know when he retired he still was fighting decent level opponents i mean uh he he fought some tough guys in their hometowns uh, a lot i mean fritzy Zivic. Uh, maybe he didn't throw thumbs, but he threw everything else. He, he, he liked to fight in a wheelhouse. Um, he was just a, a gutsy guy. I mean, how, how would you describe his style?
3: Uh,
0: you know, it, it's sort of tough. Um, I, I don't know who I would compare it to today, but you're right. I mean, he was in there against some of the tough guys too, like uh, uh, one of the guys known as the Clutch. Uh, Sammy Angott, he had a fight with him. So it wasn't like he avoided any styles, that's for sure. Uh, I think that, you know, he was not a huge puncher, but he had, um, you know, power enough to, uh, you know, get a guy's attention. Uh, He he did everything, you know, basically uh, right. Um, But, yeah, I think his main thing was tenacity. And I think the thing, like we were talking about last week, thing that you really can't measure with these old timers is character uh and just to in turn like we were saying is that it took a while for him to get sort of serious about the sport and um from august of 1935 to february of 36 he lost seven straight decisions um and uh then got it together and um you know went on a win streak and uh you know then started like you said fighting everybody. His nickname was the Croate Croat Comet. He was very fast. He had quick hands, uh, and like you said, I I count. I think it's ten Hall of Famers. Um, Henry Armstrong. He was two and one. That's who he beat beat for the title. He brutalized him. Uh, was the bloodiest Henry Armstrong has ever been. Uh, he was 2-1 against uh, Armstrong, one fight being a stoppage victory. He was 0-2 against Bo Jack, 0-2 against Sugar Ray Robinson, 1-3 against Jake LaMotta, 1-0-1 against Lou Jenkins, 1-2 against Charlie Burley, the guy no one would fight. He fights him three times. Billy Kahn, he was 0-1. Although, like I said, that some places that's one and oh, I do see it was a split decision against Lou Ambers. He was oh and one, but supposedly he broke Ambers' jaw in the ninth round. Sammy Angot he was one and oh, and the great Bob Bobcat Montgomery he was oh and one. It's unheard of. I don't know. I really don't know if there's somebody who's fought more. I mean, that's ten Hall of Famers. Is, isn't who, Harold who, who is it, Isn't Harold Jackson in the Hall of Fame? There's a couple of guys that I, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up in there. Al Bummy Davis is not in there. Freddie Cochran is not in there. Oh, I thought uh, Freddie who, who was Cochran. Wrong. I, uh, Harold Harold um,
2: Harold Johnson. I thought was
0: Harold Johnson is.
2: Yeah, and, and Kid Kid Azteca, I think, is in. Isn't he? Uh,
0: unless he's got another name, yeah, he's not under under there as Kid. I as thought Tony. he re-
2: I thought he recently was uh, was put in recently, like le- over the last five years. Maybe I'm wrong, but nonetheless, um, like you said, I mean, he could box better than people thought. Uh, but I I always think of him as in your face kind of a uh, a fighter. Uh, let's talk about the uh, the title uh, that he won. Uh, he beat uh, Henry Armstrong in 1941. And oh, by the way. Didn't he serve in World War II during his
0: <laughs> If he did, you know, there's really no break in his career. I was looking for that. I didn't see that. Uh, no, and he didn't mention he, it in he his um, He, he, uh, he definitely, in his obituary. No, he definitely,
2: um, he definitely joined the service during the World War, whether he was able to fight or whatever, because some of these guys uh, fought uh, real fights to raise money for the war effort. I mean, we all know the story with uh, the Bronx bomber, all, all his uh, fights that he fought— Uh, That's what uh, Uncle Sam ran after him for. Al Bummy Davis, uh, uh, you know, I I, I loved Al Bummy Davis. I wish he was in the Hall of Fame. But anyway, he uh, fought after... He's Genazzo too. He was
0: another tough guy. Yeah,
2: yeah, he was. There was another guy he fought. What was it? Let me see if I can find his name. Um, There was a guy that he fought in Boston a couple of times that was a real tough guy. Yeah. and and he actually moved up in weight. Let me see. I I saw him on here before and like, oh, Ralph Zanelli. Ralph Zanelli. Yeah, remember him? him yeah, he was he was a fan favorite uh and uh in Boston, they loved him there and he was just a tough tough guy. But anyway, um you know, considering he fights Sammy Anga. He, he, check out this lineup in 1940, all right? Let's start in August. Forget it cuz he fought you know, every couple of weeks in 1940. But in August of 1940, uh, he fights Kenny LaSalle in, in, on the 5th. On the 29th, he fights Sammy Angott. He fights Henry Armstrong on October 4th. He fights Al Bummy Davis on November 15th. He fights Ronnie Buden on uh, November 26th. Uh, gets a dr- all of those are wins, by the way, gets a draw with Lou Jenkins at Madison Square Garden in 1940, December of 1940, and kicks off uh, the new year, 1941, January 17th, with a world title shot against Henry Armstrong and wins by knockout. Uh, it's amazing that string of fights that led to his world title, Alex.
0: Oh, it sure is. And that's the thing about it is that um... – I mean, look at that. October 4th, he beats Henry Armstrong uh, for the welterweight championship by 15 round decision. That's the one in one of the reports. It it said that he wasn't, uh, maybe he was saved by the bell, uh, but Armstrong was actually on the canvas at the end of the fight, very bloodied. It it was a really rough fight. Um, And he follows that up a little over a month later, with a fight with Al Bumby Davis. Yeah, could you imagine that today? Uh, a fighter fighting, what, six weeks later after winning a world championship just would never happen.
2: No, and, and listen, we've talked about how some of the rules today are better for the fighters. And, and you know, we, we did an episode, Billy C's Boxing Revisited, on um, the Gene, Gene Fulmer. We did him as a blast from the past last week, and we talked about it. And the fight that he had with a uh, uh, Benny Kid Perret, really was the fight that I think, uh, and when people watch this fight, are, are going to agree that was the one that actually uh, put uh, Benny Kid Perret in, in in peril, and ultimately, uh, a few weeks later, uh, he ended up getting uh, killed uh, by Emil Griffith. If we, f- if back then they had the rules. Where you would automatically uh, get suspended after a knockout loss or even a brutal fight, maybe a guy like Kenny Kid, uh, Benny Kid Perret wouldn't have been killed in the ring. And the same could be said for Fritzy Zivic and some of the wars that he was in. You know, uh, maybe some of today's rules would have uh, would have uh, helped these guys. But I, for one, would love to see the activity that these guys had, especially. Um, uh, against the level of opposition they had, I mean, it's unheard of to fight the same guy within a a twelve month span several times, and and not only one, fight a couple of guys several times in a twelve month span, and that's exactly what Fritz Zivic did uh, to get a shot at the title, and then while he had the title, uh, you know, and eventually losing it to Freddie Cochran in uh, uh, July of nineteen forty one.
0: Yeah, I I think the thing about it is that, you know, that's one of those things that we can't really answer. Um, It's very difficult to answer. Um, And and one thing that we'd be remiss if we don't mention it, and I feel bad that I didn't mention it uh, last week when we were talking about Gene Fulmer. uh, It certainly seems as though uh, these guys, I mean, there's no doubt about it, were tougher. There was a, a durability that today's fighters just don't seem to have. However, there's a cost for that. Uh, Both Gene Fulmer and Fritzie Zivick died of Alzheimer's disease. So these diseases of the brain uh, perhaps do go hand in hand with a long boxing, a long bruising boxing career. So that is something that, you know, it's wrong to say, oh, I want my fighters to be tough and not point out, yeah, well, that's what could very well, very likely happen. Uh, At the end of a life uh, from a fighter who, um, you know, fought everybody. But the other question comes up, I think, is did these guys uh, do it in a smarter way in that they didn't spend all their time fighting in the gym, they fought actual fights? Uh, And don't gym head punches count just as much in terms of long-term brain damage as uh, fight head punches? So, you know, in a way, there's arguments that can be made on both sides. I did want to throw something in here. I did find a a paragraph I highlighted uh, from a 2009 article by Mike Casey. Uh, This is in terms of his style. Uh, Zivik was a highly effective and dangerous operator who could vary his style according to the examination at hand. He could pressure and hustle clever boxers out of their stride and outbox and outslug his fellow toughs. He could jab the brawlers silly when he chose not to engage with them or break them up from close range with his winging hooks and brutal uppercuts. Zivic wasn't the cleverest of boxers or the hardest of hitters, but he was tough and durable, and his punishing style gained him the reputation of a feared warrior, warrior. He was the bump in the road that made other contenders think, "Oh my God, not him.
2: <laughs> well,
0: you know, I,
2: that's, a, that's a great piece by Mike. Um, you know, I, the thing is is just to, just to follow up, you know, it's easy for us because we have the technology and, and the finances to do studies and, and all of these things but there's a lot of people that suffer from uh, brain related diseases that never took a punch or never played sports or anything like that. So people have to understand that it doesn't necessarily mean it's a you're punching a ticket to to uh, you know a, a life threatening or life altering disease if you get into boxing. However, there are so, uh, some proof that you know says that the chances go up pretty pretty high. But the the, the other the fact remains that What's our alternate option? And and this is off topic here because uh, this doesn't just uh, refer to Fritzy Zivic, But, you know, if if we are to make the sport of boxing um, so safe that there's no risk to a a boxer's health at all, um, similar to any other uh, contact sport, then why not make them illegal? Because it makes no sense... To hinder the sport the way it was supposed to be, you know. Now nobody's putting a gun to anybody's head to become an athlete, but once you become a fighter, for example, you have to know that what's involved in boxing is somebody's going to hit you, you know. End uh, the story. I mean, make your decision from there. Is Sal says this all the time. Is the risk worth the reward? And uh, that's what has to be thought out. I think we. I think. Most people are are smart enough to get some advice from others around them and weigh out their options and make a decision. But you made a a, a perfect point that the fighters of this era fought more frequently. That's why I always refer to it as a trade. They got paid for it where fighters in today's world of boxing will fight two or three times a year make some money, but they're also holding down other jobs. What's better? A a shot that you take in the gym, even with headgear, does just as much damage that you're not being paid for uh, than a fight does that counts for your record. So it could be an argument worth uh, having, Alex. But uh, Fritzy Zivic, after his boxing career, he retired at a young age, at 38. What did he do?
0: He was a lavish spender. I love the lavish spenders. I can relate to them. There was no Amazon Prime in there, though. I don't, so I don't know how they shopped. Uh, but uh, Sears. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he uh, did some uh, promoting and managing. Um, but uh, he did have some. By the fifties, he was uh, suffering from deep financial problems. We know that story. Um, but yeah, he passed away. At 71 years old, um, he had been a patient at the hospital uh, for three years. Like I said, Alzheimer's disease. Um, He's survived by a wife, Helen, a daughter, and two sons. And um, he, uh, you know, I mean, this is a guy that uh, he, he... you know, a welterweight champion fought everybody. Like I said, you know, some of the records. I mean, he was 0 and 2 against Bojack, 0 and 2 against Sugar Ray Robinson, but all of them were tough, uh, difficult fights. Uh, he had a nose that was um, so often broken that you could actually push your his nose in. Um, so you know, it does. It is a sport that takes a, a, a physical toll on you. But you're right. Uh, they know it going in.
2: Well, at least, uh, at least now they, uh, uh, at least now they're, they're told, you know, I mean, uh, you know, you know what you're in for, but how did he fare in uh, title ballot?
0: Uh, as these old timers tend to do, he did very, very well against, uh, the two top guys at Welterweight today, Keith Thurman and Errol Spence. The first time he fought Keith Thurman, he beat him by, uh, uh, By split decision, there were two scores of 116-111 for Zivik, one score of 115-113 for Keith Thurman. Uh, So split decision victory for Zivik. When they fight 100 times, Zivik wins, 79 victory, 13 defeats, 8 draws. He stopped Keith Thurman 21 times, and in his 13 wins, one time scored knockouts four times. And uh, against Errol Spence, the first time they fight, uh, Zivic scores a unanimous decision. One score of 117-111, two scores of 115-113. Um, when they fight 100 times, Zivic wins 77, loses 19, draws 4, scores 42 big wins by knockout. And in his 19 victories, Spence was able to stop the Croat Comet eight times.
2: The Croat Comet. That was yep. uh, one of his nicknames?
1: That was one of his nicknames, nice. yeah. Nice.
2: No, no, I like that. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Fritzy Zivik, uh, uh, you know, one of these kind of fighters that, uh, unfortunately, we just don't see anymore, and it's, uh, it's a shame. But uh, Fritzy Zivic, uh, former world welterweight champion, Was inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame in 1993. Had a career record. Ready for this? 158 wins, 82 by knockout. He did sustain 65 losses, in which he himself was only stopped four times. And I know uh, Kid Azteca stopped him. uh, Sugar Ray Robinson stopped him. And uh, I don't have uh, the rest of them uh, with me in front of me right now. Nine draws. 232 fights, 35% KO ratio. You know, uh, some young fans today might look at 65 losses, Alex, and say, oh, it couldn't have been that good. But when you look at the guys that he fought, if he didn't have 65 losses, he would be maybe people would be considering him the best ever. I, I don't know. Fritzy Zivic, uh, uh, a tough guy. And uh, incidentally, speaking about uh, Sugar Ray Robinson, Coach made an interesting point uh, in the chat room. He said that uh, Sugar Ray Robinson said of, of all his fights, uh, he felt that he learned the most from fighting a guy like Fritzy Zivic. So uh, that compliment alone, coming from uh, the best ever in the sport of boxing, uh, has to be worth something, in my opinion. What do you think?
0: Absolutely, I think that's that's one of the things you could say about this guy is that um, when your losses are to guys like uh, Bob Montgomery and Bo Jack and Sugar Ray Robinson. Um, and Billy Kahn, you know, I mean, you can still be quite a badass, and he certainly was. <laughs> There's no question about that. And I, and I think that's the big – that's really the saddest and most unfortunate thing about the Mayweather legacy is that he's really made such a uh, – he's made losing into a bad word. Um, I mean, like you said, the, the, Zivic had 60-something losses – he's in the hall of fame you know you learn from losses uh, but it depends who, but it, defen- it depends who you fight
2: how how do you how do you criticize a, a, a fighter for fighting we just counted 10 or 12 hall of famers right i mean you're not going to beat hall of famers all the time but you're going to improve and you're going to fight them again that's another thing you know the, the saddest part has nothing to do with floyd mayweather the saddest part is that the fans today accept it. They accept the fact that Floyd, in Floyd's case, well, you know, he, he doesn't get hit. Well, he's running, he's on the other side of the ring. He can't hit anybody either. Well, he, he doesn't lose. He makes a lot of money. I, I it, That's the sad part to me. Uh, no discredit to the fighters, because I honestly believe we have the athletic ability in our fighters today. Uh, we just don't have the willingness, like you suggest before. And you said it nicely and politely. I'll say it gruffly, the way I say everything. That fighters today are just not as tough as fighters were yesteryear. End of story. They're not as tough. You know, I mean, uh, life isn't as tough. None of us are as tough. You know, so uh, it is what it is. Alex, great job as usual. Uh, I uh, appreciate your time. As you know, we will uh, not be doing a show next week, so uh, we will. We got a line. We're we're stacked up with blasts, man. We got some good blasts coming up, brother. So, uh,
0: uh, going to do a show Friday morning. This Friday. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 We're Friday's our Friday's our last show uh, before we uh, before we uh, take off for a bit. So uh, yeah, we'll be uh, we'll Maybe be doing I'll the be show. Sure. I'll call him, man. All right. Sounds good, my man. Take care.
0: All right, Bill,
2: we'll Take care. That's uh, Alex Papali uh, giving us uh, our blast from the past, and uh, I appreciate uh, uh, that. He does a great job, as usual. And uh, we ran over a little bit, so for all of our affiliates, uh, we will not be taking a break here uh, as uh, we're going to uh, dig up uh, my man uh, Sal Rocky uh, not Not, you know. For real, dig him up. I mean, he's uh, very uh, alive and well right now. And speaking of Sal Rocky uh he's with us uh, right now. And uh, Sal, yeah, I tricked you. I know we didn't take a break, but uh, we got some emails to read. Uh, so uh, let's uh, get this going right now. Uh, first and foremost, this one's from Jesse. He says, hey, Billy C. and Sal, I believe Neary will win via a TKO in the 11th round. This should be a good fight. Both guys are going to get dropped. Can you send me a link where I can watch uh, it via my cell phone live stream? Well, I'm sorry, Jesse. Uh, Obviously, uh, we had some problems yesterday, so I wasn't able to read this email yesterday. But you were right. Uh, Neary did win via TKO, except it happened in the fourth. Uh, For future, the best thing you can do. Now, if you're looking for where you can watch our show uh, via uh, your cell phone, it's very easy. Just go to our website, billycboxing.com. And uh, click uh, uh, download our app. You'll see a, a banner. It's on the right-hand side. Download download our app, and you can watch our phone, our fight, our show <laughs> uh, on your phone uh, anytime. And uh, as far as watching other fights, uh, if you go, we have an embed code uh, on our website for Fight TV. Watch it right there, and uh, you'll be able to watch all those fights, and uh, uh, you'll uh, you'll uh, love that. Uh, He says, uh, I also think the Ndongo fight will be a lopsided decision for Crawford. Ndongo seems to lack defense and has trouble with guys who pressure him. Uh, Burns Burns had his moments when he pressured Ndongo but was inconsistent. That's one of the fights this weekend, Sal. And, um, you know, Crawford is giving up some height, but Crawford's got a killer instinct. And uh, although this is the first Unification since Bernard Hopkins, uh, and I'm saying unification meaning all four major belts going to the winner since Bernard Hopkins did it about 10 years ago. Um, this fight, you know, Indongo is a question mark, uh, but, uh, but I'm expecting Crawford to, uh, to come out victorious. Do you think it'll be a lopsided fight? I don't know if it's
3: going to be a lopsided fight, Bill. But uh, I do expect Crawford to uh, be dominant, especially in the later rounds. He's he's a complete fighter. He's a very good fighter. He's well schooled. He has great defensive skills, but he stays in a pocket. He knows how to put punches together and do the combinations that are necessary to wear down his opponents. And uh, I think I think uh, it's going to be a good fight. I think he, but he will wear him down. I think he'll stop him in the later rounds. Um, Jesse also goes on to say, was there
2: ever Billy, was there ever a collection of boxing cards available back then? Did you or do you have any? (laughs) Yeah, I have uh, complete collections of cards. As a matter of fact, um, we uh, also give them away as prizes to our trivia questions and stuff like that. So uh, stay tuned, Jesse, and uh, uh, answer some uh, uh, questions correctly. And we got them. I have some complete sets available that we're going to give away. Um, you know, I, we wanted to with the event that Sal and I are having next week, uh, I wanted to have uh, or Sal was pushing to have a memorabilia part, but it, we just couldn't get it all together. But you know, I you know what, Sal, I, I, I have something very interesting that I was gonna that I was saving for a future event that you and I do, yeah. that I wanted to give away or have an auction for or something. Um, I happen to have a signed glove, and robe from Mike Tyson when wow. Pepsi when 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 he was a uh, when Pepsi was a sponsor and from yes. what I understand uh, are extremely rare. He only signed a couple of them, and then as we know, he lost that sponsorship. And I have them: uh, a robe no unopened kid. and a glove with the Pepsi stamp with Mike Tyson signature. So uh, that's something that uh, we will uh, be. You know, auctioning off or giving away or something at one of our events in the future. I think auctioning
3: is pretty good.
2: Well, you want it? You want to buy it? Is that what you're saying? I want to buy. it. Is that what you're to saying, that. Senacola? I want to buy that and put it back. I tell you what. If you want it, I'll put it back there on your set. How about that? <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, it is what it is. You know, as long as you don't wear the robe around. As long as you're not wear. <laughs> if 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 I if I come at your place and you answer the door with Mike Tyson robe, ho- a slipper <laughs> and a cigar in your hand, I think I'm going to slap you. You know, I, I mean, come on. Yeah. I want to tell you something. Come on in. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, you're like, oh, what, robes are out of style. What are you talking about? You know, but uh, anyway, yes, Jesse, we got him. But uh, he says, That's can beautiful. you do? That's great. He says, can you do a blast from the past with Julius Jackson and Chiquita Gonzalez? I think you mean Julian Jackson. Uh, he says, uh, I like the way Jackson would stay in the pocket and fire and exchange or uh, counter uh, his uh, opponents with power and speed. Uh, I'd love to see him up against Canelo, uh, the Charlo brothers, or Triple G. Uh, no problem, man. We'll put uh, Jackson on the list. Thanks for the email. Um, and I thought I had uh, thought I had a couple more emails. What did I do with them? Oh yeah, I got one from uh, Joel, All right, my man Joel, Joel who uh, you know I just uh, uh, you know uh, kidded with in the chat room. Uh, you know because if anybody wants to watch fights on fight tv you got to do it through our our embed code on our website i mean that's the way to do it or if you want our app you got to download it through our website you know i mean that's the name of the game boys and girls been uh, joel as big of a fan as he is maybe because if you'd send the poor guy a freaking t-shirt you know i mean I, you know he wants you know a shirt you know maybe he I would get, do I, more I, for
3: us yeah, yeah. You know, i got. I just got some in. I just got some in the other day.
2: The poor guy is walking around with no shirt on. You know, I mean, tell, uh, tell
3: him to message me either on Facebook or whatever. I need his address again and his shirt size and color. You just told him because he's watching and listening. <laughs> Thank but you, very anyway. Much, Joel. His uh, his <laughs> not, email. Not on this. Because his, I I'm gonna retain it. His, his my, e-mail. my Facebook message.
2: You, all you're <laughs> thinking about is wearing a robe and slippers. That's all you're thinking. about. That's all
3: I'm thinking about right jo- now. Joel, sure.
2: Joel Joel says yesterday Heather Hardy announced that her next fight is going to be an MMA fight uh, for Bellator, which is a competitor of UFC, in October at the Mohegan Sun. My question is, do you and Sal feel the bigger names in female boxing will turn to MMA as it seems to give them more exposure and a bigger payday? It's disappointing that fans can't can't get behind women's boxing but can get behind them in MMA. Why do you think that's the case, that women's MMA is huge but the same can't be said for women's boxing? That's a tough question. Um, uh, you know, first of all, I, of course, I've heard of Bellator. Uh, uh, you know, of course, uh, the big name that went from boxing success, and I, I don't think Heather Hardy was as good or as uh, successful as uh, Holly Holm was. But um, uh, I, I, I'm not sure if 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 that's the case. If they if they will. Um, become more noticeable, more known, more money, make more money in MMA. I do know that uh, the UFC has a tendency to let uh, fighters, specifically female fighters and men fighters, to uh, compete in other leagues and then buy their contracts out after they're established. They, they bring some more value, value to the table. That's exactly what happened to Holly. Um, but as far as boxing goes, you know what, Sal? I think that women's boxing was doing very well until fighters just like Heather Hardy started fighting the easy fights. Female boxing had something over ma- men's boxing in the respect that they were fighting each other often. And now it took a different turn. It Their, their safety first. You know, you're seeing these fighters fighting for the world titles against, you know, uh, marginal uh, opposition at best. So I think that they did it to themselves. I think if they would have continued fighting the best fights available, I think the outcome would have been a little better. You have any thoughts on that? I know you're not a big female boxing fan.
3: Well, I'm not a big female boxing boxing fan. I'm not a big MMA fan. But I'll tell you what, maybe part of it is there are two different fan bases for each sport. Some of them could cross over. Some of them are mutual, like like Joel's a mutual fan. But I think, you know, the core, you have your boxing fans who are boxing fans, you have your MMA fans who are MMA fans, and maybe some MMA fans, core fans, are more acceptable or more receptive to female fighting on an MMA level. So, that's my thoughts.
2: I think you're right. I think there's more uh, uh, people that, uh, uh, more fans that that follow the female boxing scene uh, on uh, in MMA uh, versus... Uh, Uh, You know, uh, boxing So I I think you're right there So, um, You know, uh, as I said uh, earlier um, We will uh, not be doing uh, live shows next week Because uh, I will be in uh, transit And Sal and I are doing uh, a big event uh, Not only in this place But at the CPOMS down at uh, St. Simons And today we kind of went off uh, a little bit uh, on Floyd I know I'm going to get some criticism on that Larry gave us some great insight. And, you know, I just want to make something clear. You know, Floyd's a great fighter. And, you know, I I never – I'm not a fan of his. But it's not because I don't think he's a good fighter. I don't particularly like his style. Um, And I don't like that he's basically bamboozled his fans. And he has, you know. And I tried to prove that today. And, you know, people have a tendency to forget uh, he avoided fighters like Paul Williams and some of the other names we talked about. Uh, and chose the easier route and it's hard to see that when you look at a resume and it's hard to notice that when all you're looking at is wins and losses who he fought uh, and their records and stuff and and you you forget or you're not old enough to remember um, who else was available who was bypassed I mean it was very well much publicized that uh, Floyd Mayweather left top rank when the Margarito fight was offered to him and it was a lot of money. I think it was slightly under $10 million. And Floyd left because he did not want to fight him and chose Carlos Baldomir. Um, so, you know, that changed it all. But the one thing I want to mention real quick, Sal, before we wrap it up, and we had been talking about this, I wanted to get your thoughts on it. We had been talking yes. about uh, the people betting uh, a couple, you know, last week or whatever. Uh, and a lot of the money already. Uh, in uh, in Vegas is being put on Conor McGregor, and the reason is because of the odds. Now this started out as a very lopsided fight uh, in terms of uh, betting, and it's not so much anymore. It's down to five and a half, which means Floyd Mayweather is minus five and a half versus Conor McGregor, which isn't a hell of a lot considering. Uh, some of the other odds, like uh, I saw somewhere, what did I see, Crawford, for an example, is 2200 against Indongo this weekend, meaning that you have to lay $2,200 to win 100 Well, check this out, and I want your thoughts. It was reported last week that the biggest wager so far has been placed on Floyd, which isn't a bad thing, but I don't know if I would take this chance. I think I'd be more inclined to bet a hundred dollars to win five fifty on Connor and risk throwing away a hundred but this guy bet eight hundred and eighty thousand dollars on Floyd mayweather now now Floyd mayweather is going to win this fight and he's gonna win a hundred and sixty thousand for this bet all right but That's let me right. ask you this and I know you got I I know you you get tired of counting all your money but if you had the time to count eight hundred and eighty thousand dollars. My ex my ex wife counts. Would you <laughs> would you put it on Floyd Mayweather to win hundred and sixty? Would you take that risk? I mean, it's not a guarantee. There's still I mean, the chances are you're gonna win one hundred and sixty bananas. But uh but the truth of the matter is, would you take that chance? And in Vegas, by the way, it's not like calling Vito our bookmaker where you say I want to put eighty grand eighty eight hundred and eighty grand on it. And uh, if you win, you win. In Vegas, you gotta walk up to the booth and hand them eight hundred and eighty thousand. And if you collect, you end up with the one point zero four million in pay. Would you lay that kind of coin to win one hundred and
3: sixty grand? No, never. What I would lay is $25,000 down on McGregor because if I won that, then I'd win the same amount of money for, for a fifth less, number one. Number two, I'd still have $800,000 left aside, so you're in a win-win situation. That's why the money's going on McGregor. That was a very good assessment. Look at that. But it's true. It's true. The, the smarter bet is the McGregor bet for the longer shot. And the return for broke guys, uh, for, but for, you know what? And, and I don't want to. I don't want to bet eighty cents to win twenty, or, or eighty five to win. Uh, to risk eighty five uh, to win fifteen. The, to me, but you're talking about millionaires who. That's who, my who point. Have, that's you, my- you, they, they 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 they're in it to leverage themselves. They could they could bet one bet. He could probably bet one bet and on side of Floyd, and he'll bet he'll bet the other. Uh, uh two hundred thousand on McGregor, so he's still ahead. Well, he's not going to be ahead, but he'll leverage his money. Well, here, here's here's my point. You know, if
2: you have the money, yeah. if you have an extra million dollars laying around, and you want to make, uh, you know, uh, more money than you could uh, in a, at a bank, uh, maybe you would walk down to the casino and uh, and throw it on Mayweather. Uh, but for guys like us who don't have the money, we look at it a different way. We we look yes, at we it putting on putting out the least amount of money and willing to lose it with the chance of winning a bigger amount. It's like what I do It I don't know anything about horse racing. But when I go to a horse track, I'm betting my two $5 bets on, on the long shots and I'm willing to throw that away. And I watch these big-time horse guys, you know, betting 50 bucks to win a dollar sixty five on the favorite. You know, I would
3: never do that, you know. But uh, yeah.
2: that's because, you know, that's where we are. But uh, anyway, well, so Bill- – Good.
3: Yeah I was just going to say this guy is probably a, a billionaire or he might be a multi multi-millionaire Richard and Floyd and uh he this is this is a small percentage of his total assets so guess what it's safety first so with him betting too he's going to bet on a on a 85% thing that's sure or whatever the heck and he's going to he's going to leverage himself to win a quick uh, quick $150,000, $160,000. That's all. Right. And that's enough to pay taxes. That's all. Exactly.
2: (laughs) Hey, listen, man. Don't forget, uh, we're going to be doing a live show tomorrow. Uh, We're going to talk a little about the real fight that's coming up, and that's Triple G and Canelo. Yes. Uh, And then Friday we'll be back, and we'll be breaking down and giving you our predictions uh, on the fight this weekend between Terrence Crawford and Julius Dango, the first uh, uh, unification fight uh, since uh, Bernard Hopkins did it uh, almost 10 years ago, 10 years ago. So, uh, you know, we'll be talking about that. And don't forget, uh, we will not be doing live shows next week as uh, we are preparing for our big event down in St. Simons that we want you guys to be part of. So just uh, go to CPOMS.com right now and uh, give them a call and tell them that you want um, the uh, uh, prices for the Billy C. Boxing Event Packages And uh, come on down and hang out with uh, Sal and myself and uh, some of the uh, former world champions that we've been talking about. But, nonetheless, make sure you tune in tomorrow morning. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, ciao, baby.
3: (laughs) da na 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 Jet na 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 Bitch na 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 na